Welcome to Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want here. That is what we do. The number for you, 603-283-6160. Phones are open, as always, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. Of course, you can bring up whatever is on your mind. Uh, We're going to get into a story that we talked about, well, we, we teased last night, but we never got into it. About a hunger strike that, Bonnie, you wanted to tell us about. Also, Matt, you've got some more ATF insanity uh, on the way here. The Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms uh, Bureau. What are they doing now? We'll find that out coming up here. Plus, Putin apparently gave a speech. Some people are saying, the Western media is saying that it is echoing Stalin and was very, very scary. And we also have the RT side of things. It's funny that. because our our government also echoes Stalin sometimes and they never call themselves out. No, certainly not. Uh, so we'll get into that, all of that. Of course, again, phone's open for you at 603-283-6160. So, Bonnie, you had something uh, that you wanted to share. You don't have it right now? Okay. Um, some sort of a uh, hunger strike that is being planned, and at some point we'll we'll tell you more about that. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. So, uh, Matt, you had a story about the ATF, or more than one. I guess you said there's just so much going on with them that... It's just been a nonstop thing with the ATF the last couple months uh like the spigot is wide open and flooding everywhere and it doesn't seem like they want to stop last week we told you about the 850 odd gun owners who filed uh form one uh suppressor permission asks from the atf and they were denied and then the local police were alerted that they were trying to build suppressors which Mm -hmm. It's why, I guess, what they're trying to teach everybody there is never go about things the legal way. That's what they're trying to tell people, I suppose. Um, So this week, a big $1.5 trillion omnibus bill, Mm. uh, which you may have heard of in the news past. The one that was like thousands of pages. Yeah. They gave like a billion dollars to Ukraine. Yeah, 2,700 pages. I think it was 14 billion to Ukraine. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. They're just printing, you know, running the printing presses at this point until they're overheating. Uh, So buried inside this omnibus bill was some anti-gun legislation that got voted on by the entirety of the Democrat side of the government and 18 um, representatives from the Republican side of the House also voted yay on it because I guess they didn't know it was in there or something, mm-hmm. or they just didn't care. Couldn't be bothered to read 2,700 pages. And I well, they couldn't possibly, right? Because right. it was in a night or something. Yeah. Um, the Gun Owners of America, though, did send out an alert that it was in there, and mm. apparently nobody listened. Um, however, uh, what, what the uh, what the what the language does basically is it turns all of your local police officers into ATF empowered police officers, so wow. they can do federal level work uh, on behalf of the ATF in That's every terrifying. state. And any anywhere there's a cop. Hmm. So, Yet another reason to uh, leave the United States as soon as possible. It, it is time to time to go for sure and when i say that i mean secede not physically leave but to yeah. actually have a political exit from the united states uh, mm-hmm. of america there's no there's no reason to stay yeah there's no reason to be a part of this thing i love how daniel miller i believe from the texit group pointed out if somebody pushes back on the idea of independence just ask them if your state were independent and were offered to join the united states would you even consider doing it? 
And if so, why? Why would you want to join the United States? You'd have to be crazy to join the United States right, right. now. And I think we're seeing that with places that are have been, you know, courted for a long time. And a lot of people like have said, Puerto Rico, Puerto mm-hmm. Rico and Guam. And so, you know, why would no, you know, CNMI, why would we want to? Well, no, we don't. We don't want to do that. <laughs> I remember when I was in seventh grade, I had two Puerto Rican friends. And when I was in seventh grade was one of the times that they were going to vote on whether or not to become a state. And I remember saying to one of them, like, oh, what if what if you guys become a state? That'd be so crazy. <laughs> like you guys, even though mm-hmm. she's Texan. But she was just like. Um, my parents don't want that to happen. I was just like, oh, I didn't expect that at all. So now ATF can deputize any local cops. Yep. Uh, they're not automatically deputized, I presume. It's nope. just if that's something it's that a, the locals want, they can now have more power. Here's what section which they presumably oh, will want. Here, here's what section 1103 of the omnibus bill says: funding for ATF to deputize local local police to enforce federal gun laws, especially to undermine Second Amendment, uh, especially to undermine the Second Amendment Protection Act. Now, uh, the states that have a Second Amendment Protection Act or Second Amendment Preservation Act are states that have basically said the ATF has no jurisdiction in our state. Mm. So they're um, trying to go around that. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the way that the ATF is going to go around that is by deputizing local cops. So once again, I don't care who your cop buddy is, he's not a good American. I'll take it that far. Well, unless <laughs> the police actually refuse this and yeah, okay, uh, whether they will or not, they'll do whatever they're told. All they're cops do- are not good Americans. I I, I don't I don't uh, give them a whole lot of hope. I don't. They don't have mm-hmm. a bit lot of faith from me in what any of them. Um, I get surprised from time to time. I get surprised by a cop here and there, but it's not. You know, we track cops a lot, and it's not a regular thing to be happily surprised by anything they do. Yeah, I remember the former police chief here in Keene. It probably applies to the current one, but I, I can't say for sure. But one of the former police chiefs, we, for whatever reason, I don't remember the conversation or why it was happening, but he explained that one of the little stars or badges or whatever on his shirt, uh, on his uniform, was some sort of an FBI badge that he got because he went to some kind of fbi liaison training class or whatever and so now he's you know in with the fbi i gave him a golden star basically yeah a, here's a scratch and stiff sticker and an a in an a plus on your paper Good so job. this sounds kind of similar to that uh and the only way this is going to be stopped is likely by a state legislature mm-hmm. saying this does not apply here none of the police in state of you know fill in the blank new hampshire hopefully at some point uh, we'll comply with this, and we don't want you here. Yeah, hopefully. And I believe New Hampshire has done some things in that vein. I think there was something recently. Yeah, I would like to see more well. of that, too. I'm not sure what's the, how, how far those steps have gone and how success they haven't been very successful. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had a lot of gun rights success in New Hampshire um, since I've lived here anyway. I've watched yeah. it happen, so it's been pretty good. Um, I would like to see it be better, though. Sure. Uh, you know, I want to move that Overton window to a place that's absolutely insanely way off the map so it can't be caught. I, I want- think they did just pass, at least at the House. I don't. I think it's got to go to the Senate now at this point, but uh, the New Hampshire State House, I believe, passed the modification that will allow people on ATVs and snowmobiles to carry a gun. Great. Because uh, it, it was an oversight in the previous, uh, there was a concealed carry, uh, what they call constitutional carry, that passed in 2017, and... You know, sometimes you mess up uh, when you write these complicated laws or whatever, yep. and they they forgot to repeal that part. It that just goes to show you how huge the the, the body of law is. Yeah. Like they even in New Hampshire, is yeah. relatively small. Yeah, 
I, I would I couldn't even imagine thinking about some of this uh, a similar type of thing in the state of New York no. or, or you know anywhere really. So that's but, on track to uh, to pass. Good, looks like. cool. That's good news. Yeah. Another thing in the uh, section eleven oh one eleven oh two in the latest omnibus bill, the NICS denial notification act. Then so NICS is a NICS check is when you go to when you fill out a forty four seventy three form for mm-hmm. your background check to buy a gun at the gun store. And they uh, sometimes people get denied, and nine out of ten times that's the actual statistic. Nine out of ten times it's an accidental denial. Mm. It's a wrong, a wrongful denial. They turn them right around. It's not a big deal. You walk out with your gun. Um, you know, it might take a little while to get your get your deni- denial flipped around, but mm-hmm. they can do it. It's not that hard. Wait, um, who's the one accidentally denying it every time? It'll be the feds. Wow, why are they so incompetent then? Because they're cops. Um, So the Nix Check Denial Notification Act um, is to launch criminal investigations into firearm transfer transfer background check denials. So basically, if you're denied, they're going to call your local cops and let them know that you have been denied and you're looking to buy a gun in your area, which is not something they've ever done. So now it'll be standard procedure to do so. And that would presumably in a department that is not friendly to firearms yep. result in harassment for that person. Or death targeting. because they're cops. Uh, like the, number, the number here is 603-283-6160. We can continue more on the latest from the ATF and the tyranny uh, they are implementing over there or continue to implement. Uh, of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Phones are open if you want to join the show here. We're talking about the ATF and their recent expansion of power uh, into the, uh, what was it, omnibus bill. Whenever they have an omnibus bill, look out. That's where it's all going to be. Because that's all the stuff that they couldn't pass on its own. You know, it's its own separate piece of legislation, so they just throw it all in together and say, we need this. And yeah, then- and you know, they did it under the auspices of it. The, the the greater bill that it was all under, this act that all of this stuff that's happening was under, they did deny a few sections of it. One of those sections was to uh, give funding to turn state-level stalking laws into red flag laws. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if you are ever con- uh, convicted of stalking, that's a red flag and they can just confiscate your guns. Wow. Um, an expansion of the Lautenberg uh, misdemeanor gun ban, which is Biden's boyfriend, the Biden's boyfriend loophole. Um, anybody who's ever had a, uh, a case of domestic violence against them is denied. So that means anybody who is you know, applying for a gun would be in a lot of trouble if they've ever tried. Um, they grant funding to... Uh, police to execute red flag gun, gun confiscation orders on behalf of the ATF. So those three were actually taken out. So that's surprising. Good. I, I am so. But what it says to me is they somebody clearly had read this ahead of time mm-hmm. if they knew to take those out. Right? right. Didn't they have like twenty four hours of notice on this or something yeah. like that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, you know it's typical legislation, but this type of thing it's it all falls under a greater act. This is what I was going to say before. It all falls under a greater act called the Violence Against Women Act. Huh. 
violence against it. You know, why why can't we just have an act called the Violence Act? Violence against anybody is bad. You don't mm. need to qualify it or you pull people's heartstrings by calling it against, you know, what about the children? What about the women? What yeah. about everybody? When you said that they turned any stalker into a person who can get uh, victimized by red flag laws, my, my thought process is it just seems like there's been this thing that I've noticed my whole life where people are kind of ch- trying to make women feel like they're I don't know, more victimized than maybe is normal. And um, like that so many women have fed into that and now they'll they'll go to the police anytime they're mad at their boyfriend. Don't you? I mean, I see that all the time. Well, the reality is uh, a lot of the abuse... Make anyone look like they're stalking you if they happen to just be going to your work or something and you're mad at them. Yeah, so they tell a person who beats their wife at a rate of 40%. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, the truth is a lot of abuse at home actually comes from the woman. So there's a lot of propaganda out there to make it sound like uh, men are the abusers, but there's actually a tremendous amount of abuse uh, brought against men by women, and it's just that a lot of it doesn't go reported. Or against women by women. Sure, oh, that yeah, happens too. Absolutely. Uh, so was, what else do we need to know about what a shenanigans the ATF is up to? Uh, right today, now? well, uh, we need to remember the Form 1 uh, um class three stuff from last week about the uh if you have a solvent trap the atf is considering that a weapon in and of itself even Mm -hmm. though it's never been that way before um you're allowed to build your own suppressor on a form one um but they had they they dinged 850 people and did a mass denial first time the atf's ever done a mass denial Mm. um so that's new and uh other than that i would keep an eye on the crowd the the uh the forced reset triggers that we talked about a few weeks ago, that's also under fire, but the company that's making them is still cranking them out okay. and still marketing them like crazy. So we'll just keep an eye on those things. If you want to join the show here, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, there was a story last night, Bonnie, that you wanted to share with us. You didn't have it at the beginning of the show, but I think you do have it now. It is a website. Not so much news, but uh, you came across this. What? How did you find this hunger strike? Well, a couple of my friends were sharing it, and it seems to be created by somebody that I used to work with. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to go too harsh on it, but I just I read this and I just thought this isn't going to work. And I don't know, maybe they they should expand on this. So you actually know the person who is setting this thing up? Mm, the person, the people who, um, it, it might be somebody that I worked with, mm-hmm. but it's not some. It's not one of the people that shared it. Okay. That are my friends. Got it. So is this something that's happening in Texas? Uh, is it? No, nope, it's it's uh, countrywide. Okay. So it's called Hippies Go Hungry. You can find it at hippiesgohungry.com. And the first page explains their purpose. So here it is. It's just five paragraphs. The war on drugs has cost over $1 trillion, sent half a million nonviolent people to prison, and killed thousands of otherwise innocent people. 51 years is 51 too long. The war on drugs ends this year and it ends with us. There's nothing to disagree with there. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Just like the ATF, the DEA, and the various different state drug task force agencies have absolutely been harming innocent people's lives, putting peaceful people behind bars who have never harmed another human being. And the numbers of those people are in the millions, the people mm-hmm. whose lives have been absolutely ruined by not the drugs themselves, but by the war on drugs. So uh, I can't say I disagree with their assessment there, but oh, what yeah. are they going to do about it? 
to end it this year, which would be unprecedentedly quick. It says, when I say the war on drugs end the, ends this year, that sounds exciting, but you're not convinced. What do we what do we plan to do and what do we hope to achieve? It's more simple than it seems. November 1st this year, we will be engaging in a massive coordinated hunger strike nationwide and we want you to join us. There have been several unsuccessful hunger strikes in D.C. to end the drug war. Where all of these has failed, have failed in the past is sheer numbers and timing. Our approach is to have thousands of people engaging with us all at the National Mall in D.C., as well as at state capitol buildings across the nation beginning a week from the midterm elections. We aren't stopping there either, though. There are over 450,000 nonviolent drug offenders in state and federal penitentiaries who would be up for a pardon from the president or their governor when we succeed. And we are getting word to as many as them of them as possible so they may also participate. Imagine if you would, thousands of people starving themselves at the National Mall along with hundreds of their or at their state capitol buildings, all supported by hundreds of thousands of inmates across the nation. All of this happening the week of a major election. How long do you think it will take before the federal government meets our demands and state governments begin following suit? I think a very long time. Yeah, I I don't expect that the federal government is going to give one whit about the fact that there are people on are the National Mall claiming that they are hungry. Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, this is a timely uh, topic you're bringing up uh, here, Bonnie. And I don't know if you realize it, but it is St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. And happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Okay. But in Ireland in 1981, actually from 1976 to 1981, there were a whole bunch of people who organized hunger strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these were people who were put in prison by the British government in Northern Ireland. And mm-hmm. these were Southern Ireland sympathizers, Republican sympathizers. And uh, 10 of them starved themselves to death in prison. Mm-hmm. And one of them, uh, Bobby Sands, famously was uh, elected to office while he was on his hunger strike on his way to death while in prison. He couldn't attend parliament because he was in prison. And uh, by the end of it all, Bobby Sands died. 100,000 people attended his funeral. And uh, it created a massive political movement that still exists to to this day called the Sinn Féin. When did that happen? The 80s? 1981. So check your luck. Was that before they started force-feeding people on hunger strikes in in prisons? Because that's a thing. There's more coming up. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. All you got to do is dial in 603-283-6160. Do you think that a hunger strike that is purported to begin on uh, one week prior to Election Day, and according to hippiesgohungry.com, it will not end until all federal nonviolent drug offenders receive a full presidential pardon. I presume that would include Ross Ulbricht uh, in that case. And Congress completely deregulates the sale and possession 
for those over the age of 18, of tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, cocaine, and all psychedelics. So that is what they are demanding at hippiesgohungry.com. Is this going to work? The number is 603-283-6160. If you want to join us here also, don't forget... You can go to uh, our Patreon over at amps.freetalklive.com and help us out. Uh, help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. That's what AMPS stands for, and A. Friedman has done that. A. Friedman is a gold-level supporter, which means that A. Friedman is doing at least 10 bucks a month through AMPS. Really appreciate that. You can join up as well. You get some cool perks. You can help us spread the ideas of liberty over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com to join our Patreon. Uh, it's Ian tonight. Matt. And Bonnie. Bonnie, you're the one who found this Hippies Go Hungry. You said uh, some friends were sharing this online, and uh, you believe you might actually even know one of the uh, the organizers of this, apparently. Um, I, I get it. I'm fed up with the war on drugs as well, and I'm not going to tell these people not to try this. I mean, it's your body. If you want to go on a hunger strike and you think that these heartless, evil politicians in Washington, D.C. are somehow going to find some sort of a shred of humanity and then all of a sudden decide they've been wrong for, I don't know, five years or five decades. Sorry, five decades. I think they said it was 51 years now for the war on drugs. That's nuts. If uh, if you think that these evil men and women are going to become less evil because of human suffering happening outside of their buildings... Uh, I I just I'm skeptical. They that repeatedly prove that they love human suffering. <laughs> yeah, what they don't like is when it looks like they are someone who can prevent human suffering, and they stand back and refuse to prevent human suffering. Now, when they label it war, the human animal realizes, well, they're supposed to go commit human suffering because this is war. Mm-hmm. But when it's somebody at home saying, "I'm gonna starve myself to death if you don't stop doing this." And then they don't stop doing it, then maybe that would have a slightly more profound effect. Is it going to work on American politicians? I don't know. There are a lot of scumbags in American politics who just are sociopaths and don't care. Yeah. I mean, look at how long they have been trying to do something as simple as legalize marijuana. Every year for the last bunch of years, there have been federal bills. There's some in Congress right now that would purport to decriminalize and or legalize marijuana to tax it or to leave the states alone or various different you know proposals are are out there uh funnel money from taxes into anti-drug programs etc and not a single one of them has passed not a single one at the federal level has become law why would people starving themselves on the national mall all of a sudden get them to not only legalize cannabis but also quote and I agree with the, the goals, I just want to be clear, to, quote, completely deregulate the sale and possession of tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, cocaine, and all psychedelics. That'd be so, great. It would be. So we're not just talking about ending the war on drugs here. We're talking about a total step away, step back from all regulation of even existing legal products like tobacco and alcohol. Now, as freedom-minded people, that's... A perfect ideal as far as uh you know i think the only thing they left out here was heroin so they they're not calling for the total end of the war on drugs but most of them and that's pretty good 
Uh, I guess they felt like heroin was, you know, the third rail of uh, of drugs, so they didn't want to touch that one. Yeah. But uh, I mean, look, the fact is, alcohol is incredibly dangerous. It is, uh, according to Professor David Nutt, who was the former drug czar, basically in the UK, who turned uh, to the side of good and and came out against the war on uh, on drugs. He came out with a chart that showed the relative harm of all products of all substances out there and alcohol was tied with heroin for number one that doesn't doesn't surprise me one bit yeah i mean it's a hard drug that kills people but i do agree with them here that alcohol should be unregulated there should be and they're talking about federal level here so they want federal changes uh to to happen here clearly that wouldn't stop the states from regulating these things but but at least the states don't have the schedule that's true. Yeah, you're right about that, Bonnie. The federal drug schedule is what, in fact, the state of New Hampshire, as I understand it, state of New Hampshire just follows the feds. So if the federal drug schedule were to disappear tomorrow, all drugs would be legal here in New Hampshire. Nice. And there would not be a regulatory structure in place. Uh, I think we should surrounding. get more proactive than that in here in New Hampshire. I don't, I don't think we should be waiting for that. I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. Unfortunately, the even the, the most liberty reps will tell you, "Oh, we need to just do small steps." And I really don't get it. I'm going to try to talk them out of that more and more this year. Yeah, that uh, basically sums it up. The the liberty reps are just they don't feel like they have the political sway to even propose ending the the war on drugs, which is a shame because that's what it takes. It takes somebody being willing to push that discussion forward and actually make it so that discussion is had instead of just nibbling around the edges that oh it's can we legalize marijuana or make it worse by giving the full control of sale of marijuana to the fed i mean to the state i don't understand why they think that's a step in the right direction but that's what some of the liberty reps told me yeah that's what happened this year you're referring to but they're they're not willing to put forward a, a truly principled drug decrim or drug legalization bill and we just need more hardcore libertarians here we need more people here we need thousands more people moving here and we need enough liberty people to where we can actually challenge some of these liberty reps at primaries and make them have a, a fight over who is more freedom loving i love this. in the primary <laughs> Uh, we need to have enough people to where we can have freedom-loving people in the Democratic and Republican sides of a race. That way, no matter who wins, it's a free stater who gets uh, gets into office. That can all be possible. We just need thousands more people to uh, to make the move here. Well, Matt, I am surprised by and pleasantly surprised by your optimism on this, the hippies go hungry thing. But, I mean, my thought when I saw it was just, oh, imagine, like, for just a thought experiment, imagine Hillary Clinton caring that you're hungry. Like, that's all I thought of. But, you know, maybe they'll care if Hillary it makes Clinton them look bad. Hillary does care about her image. Yeah, if it makes lot. her look bad. Yeah. So. I think that it's pretty easy to ignore a protest if you're a politician. And just tell the media to ignore it. Well, and that's the, really the uh, important question is what level of attention will the mainstream media be giving to this? I'm going, you know, I tend to be skeptical that the media will want to give any attention to anything that could change the status quo in any significant manner. They love themselves a war. Mm -hmm. They love themselves fear when it comes to, you know, COVID and crackdowns and all of that. Exactly. They want people to tune in, you know, through the next break and find out what the scary stuff is. Uh, I just and, you know, when it comes to doing this in jail and I, I referred to. Uh, the fact that they will force feed people. If if you're doing a hunger strike in jail, at some point, they're going to f- strap you to a bed 
They're going to shove a uh, tube down your throat, and they are going to force feed you or you know inject you or whatever it is that they have to do to keep you alive. They do not want you dying in their facility. First of all, it means they lose money, right? Because every body that's in the facility is an increase in the budget for you know next year. So they don't want you to die in jail. They want you to suffer, but they don't want you to actually pass away. So they're going to do what they can to make sure you stay alive. Now, if you actually had a significant number of people doing a hunger strike in jail, maybe then you'd have a chance because they probably don't have enough hospital beds and enough you know tubes to shove down a hundred people's throats or something like that. But what are the odds that you're going to be able to get that many people to sign on to a hunger strike? inside a jail i guess we're gonna find out we'll see coming up later this year uh check it out at hippiesgohungry.com i'm uh, i'm a little pessimistic about it but i, I want to be wrong i want to be proven that this is a good plan and this is going to work and like i said it's your body if you uh, if you think that putting it on the line like this is going to help end the war on drugs then good luck uh, and by the way are they going to camp out on the national mall too or are they just going to come back day after day there's more coming up This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio here tonight, you've got Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. Free Talk Live brought to you by Bitcoin.com. Good time to go and learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash is, well, anytime you've got three minutes because that's how long the first video is over at Bitcoin.com, where you click Get Started. You'll be given some introductory videos that you can watch. If you got a limited amount of time, just watch the first one. If you uh, discover you want to learn more, there's more than one. And you can dig in as deep as you want into this topic. There's some really important new ideas that you should get a hold of before you get into the world of crypto. And they can help you with those over at Bitcoin.com. Again, click Get Started right there at the top of the page. If you're not new to cryptocurrency and you want to get the latest news headlines, they got you covered over at News.Bitcoin.com every single day. Fresh news and information there at News.Bitcoin.com. So uh, whether you want to talk about the ATF and their continuing crackdowns on freedom and the right to bear arms or the crackdown on the right to put in your body, whatever it is that you want, the Hippies Go Hungry website announcing they're going to plan a nationwide hunger strike that will be focused on the National Mall on the week prior to the election, apparently they're saying the election this year is November 8th, and they're planning on starting on November 1st out in front of the National Mall and having, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of people they believe they can get to uh, to starve themselves. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out, and I presume that as we hear more, we will bring that information to you. Um, in other news, there's, of course, what's going on in Ukraine with the Russia situation, and in case you hadn't heard the latest on what's happening to RT, RT is Russia Today, it is a Russian government-funded news outlet, I mean, propaganda, of course, is what it is, but don't be fooled, so is CNN, and so is you know every American news outlet, it's all propaganda, it's just not necessarily government-funded directly, they just love to, you know, basically, uh, to parrot the government talking points on the on the air so really the difference between rt and these american western media is rt doesn't have commercials 
Right. You can watch a half hour of RT and you just get whatever they want to report. And RT is openly funded by the government. Yeah, and you know what you're getting when you get into RT. Um, and what's interesting is that there's a lot of these Western nations, including the European Union, uh, including Australia, and now Canada, that are completely prohibiting RT. Really? And that's one of the things that makes me go, hmm, what do they got to hide? What do they want us to not be seeing? According to RT.com, Canadian's uh, regulator has now forbidden television providers to carry RT or RT France. Media regulators in Ottawa have formally outlawed RT and RT France on Wednesday, saying their programming has gone against government policy and undermined democracy. After reviewing complaints from the public, the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission announced that, quote, the continued authorization to distribute RT and RT France is not in the public interest, unquote. Most Canadian operators had already pulled the networks off the air, citing conflict in Ukraine. Quote, RT's programming is not consistent with the standards against which Canadian services are measured, nor the policy objectives set out in the Broadcasting Act, said the regulator adding that it was, quote, also concerned with programming from a foreign country that seeks to undermine the sovereignty of another country, demean Canadians of a particular ethnic background, and undermine democratic institutions within Canada. How is How are they demeaning Canadians? How is Russia demeaning Canadians of a particular ethnic background? I suspect they're referring to Ukrainian Canadians. Okay, uh, but what about the Russian Canadians? Well, no one cares about them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'd say they're demeaning all Canadians by uh, Im- just imposing uh, this ban against information. Hmm. I mean, aren't these adults capable of making up their own minds and searching out all the information they want to hear? And now they're just knocking out a whole bunch of it. Well, first of all, you're absolutely right about that. But the thing that's important to take away here is Canada is not a free speech country. Right. Uh, Canada's radio, you know, obviously here on in the United States, the FCC says there's certain things you can't say on the radio, but it usually is in the realm of, you know, certain profanities, right? Certain quote unquote obscenities, which is also baloney. It is total baloney, but generally there aren't, there's no prohibition per se on the topics of discussion in the United States, at least at this time, thankfully. So that's why we haven't seen this move by the U.S. government. One of the few. Western governments that actually has not banned RT, uh, but in Canada, they can do that. In Canada, the Canadian, what do they call them, the uh, Radio Television Communications Commission, they actually mandate, for instance, that all radio stations have to play a certain amount of Canadian music. Did you know that? I mean... That's it, just what it, they do. If there ever was going to be a law, there should be a law that everybody should be a Rush fan because, <laughs> I mean, I get that. That's funny because okay. you thought Rush and I thought Justin Bieber. Oh, is he a Canuck? <laughs> oh, never mind. Shut it down. <laughs> so that's just one example. And of course, there's no prohibition or there, there is a prohibition on hate, quote unquote, hate speech in Canada. So there's just certain things you can't say. Uh, without getting criminal criminally prosecuted wow. in, in Canada. That shows you the difference between a, a subject and a citizen, too, though, in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, there's a fine line there, and I think that line's getting blurred more and more every day as the United States become less and less a free country. But uh, the Canadians have never really been. They've always been subjects. Hmm. 
indeed subjects of the queen yeah, in this they, particular they're, case. They're property. Now, that that said, Matt, I mean, if you ever listen to a police scanner, you'll hear them refer to people as subjects. subjects yeah. Mm-hmm. So, That's I mean, creepy. Just because they don't actually like come right out publicly and talk about people that way doesn't mean that's not how they think that's about true. you. So um, the point here that uh, they're saying that RT's broadcasting undermines democratic institutions within Canada, that's one of the things I like about RT is that they'll let libertarian perspectives on the air they actually had for i don't know over over a year adam kokesh who's a you know principled liberty-minded guy uh liberty activist great former you know iraq veteran against the war uh we've had him on this show a number of times and he was he had his own show on rt why did he get off it did he just stop doing it or did he get kicked off i don't remember what happened with that but he never said that rt tried to tell him what to do rt never tried to exert any editorial control over his show he could always say whatever he wanted to say Hmm. and the fact is yeah the russian government does want to undermine the the united states and Mm -hmm. the canadian governments and other governments of the world now the russian government is not libertarian they don't care about freedom they're not freedom oriented so i'm under no delusions about that and if you listen to you know like i always felt the same about vladimir putin and and uh, boris yeltsin and mikhail gorbachev and all those guys you always see their mouths moving with funny sounds coming out but nobody ever really translates you know Adolf Hitler I always wondered what Adolf Hitler was actually, actually saying. saying Benito Mussolini I want to know what he's actually saying what what's what are they saying to get these people all riled up you know they're clearly extremely popular what are they saying um when you listen to Vladimir Putin talk with the translations turned on mm-hmm. he is a Soviet that man is mm. a commie Really? He, I think he's an absolute communist. So you agree with Sarah, our regular caller on this. She believes he is a uh, secret, secret communist. communist. I think he's a commie. Hmm. Interesting. It he wears, he's got, he wears a, you know, just because you, you put a communist in a Versace suit doesn't make him less of a Well, he certainly was a KGB agent right, yeah. during communist Russia. Um, although I'm, I'm skeptical of this theory. I mean, not, not that I know a whole lot about the guy, but just recently there was a proposal in Russia to nationalize companies uh, because of the whole like McDonald's saying they're going to shut down right. in in Russia, somebody in the Russian government proposed to nationalize McDonald's. They can't think outside of those those. But Putin terms. Re- rejected it. He said well, he's not pr- going to interfere. With- I saw him talking the other day about how uh, I, it may have been old footage, but still, he's an old man. His conviction should be in stone by now. Um, he was saying how uh, property should go away. Really? Mm. Yeah. Because here he said that he w- didn't want to interfere with private ownership of business. Well, he's a politician. He's mm-hmm. lying. Yeah. Well, of course. Of course. Yeah. And even China went through a phase of being a little more open market. Mm-hmm. And now they're clamping down. So maybe Russia's just kind of in its phase of, oh, we don't want the people to starve. So we're going to open the market a little bit, mm-hmm. free the market a little bit. And then they're going to cl- clamp down again like China. Because, I mean, they're buddies. So I could, no- I could totally see what Sarah's saying, the, the flaw in what she's always saying is she's saying that... Russia just is a communist nation. And we're always just like, what do you mean? Russia is becoming more, you know, free market. Um, they're not like a perfect free I, market I wouldn't place. say that. I think they're becoming more westernized, mm-hmm. but I would not necessarily confuse that with becoming it's a capitalist not, nation. Well, no, certainly I'm not not really market. saying that they are, but I mean, they were going more that direction, less communist. Definitely. But, but I could also totally see that it's just the thing the Chinese people did so their people didn't die. Uh, there's more on the way here at 603-283-6160. So RT, banned in Canada. Banned in 
the European Union banned in Australia, and then of course taken off voluntarily of uh, platforms like DirecTV and elsewhere. Uh, YouTube taking them off globally. They banned them globally. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. In the studio with you tonight, you've got Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. And, of course, you can bring up whatever is on your mind. You can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. We do have our social media site that we are the uh, the operators of. There's no big tech media corporation that is in charge over there. So that means you have more freedom to speak, more freedom to express yourself over at social.freetalklive.com. Uh, once again, uh, it's social.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the lack of freedom in many places for expression, like Canada, where they're now prohibiting RT, the Russia Today, the Russian-funded media uh, that's basically, you know, it's propaganda, but to their credit, it's better journalism than you're going to get in the Western media from what I've seen. I've been a fan of RT for quite a long time. Because their reporting actually does question the governments of the United States and and elsewhere. Obviously, they're not going to be too critical of the Russian government. But that said, there's a story right here from RT talking about how Russia is now criminalizing, quote unquote, disinformation about its own military. So they do report on what's really happening in Russia. They're not just like trying to. Make it sound like Russia's some sort of free speech place. It's not. And I'm they, surprised they put they they ran that story. Yeah, and there have been other ones like this uh, in their in their reports. So, uh, but just to finish up here from the story about the RT ban in Canada, it's a decision by the Canadian Radio Television Communications Commission or Telecommunications Commission. It comes a day after Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky addressed Canadian lawmakers asking them to support the government in Kyiv. They're claiming that over 1.3 million Canadians claim at least some Ukrainian descent compared to just over 600,000 with Russian heritage. So screw the Russian people of Canada. They don't get to watch anything from their home country. 
quote, freedom of speech and range of perspectives are a necessary part of our democracy. However, it is a privilege and not a right to be broadcast in Canada, said the CRC, uh, CRTC boss Ian Scott. That's so gross. In a statement on Wednesday, three major Canadian TV providers, Rogers, Bell, and Shaw, all announced they would be dropping RT back on February 27th, so long before the... Uh, the government mandated it. Most of the major providers already dropped RT. Shaw promised its clients a credit on the next bill after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said he would ask the CRTC to look into a ban. Access Communications did so as well. Uh, while RT International continues to broadcast, RT France stopped operations on March 3rd after the EU banned RT and Sputnik as, quote, Russian propaganda, unquote, as Moscow's decision to send or regarding Moscow's decision to send troops into Ukraine. This should come as no surprise, though, really, if you think about it. Didn't uh, didn't Canada, like maybe 10 years ago, didn't they like ban hate speech? Yeah, they, yeah. Made, they made it a criminal thing. You're not allowed to say hate things well, correct. or whatever. I think that that's correct. And also they made it a crime to accidentally use the wrong pronoun talking about somebody in at least one of their provinces i don't know if it's all of them yeah canada's nuts and uh if you weren't sure about that just look at how they handled the covid situation they were actually one of the most oppressive yeah uh in all of at least well they were the most oppressive in all of north america i mean that's there's no doubt about that probably even worse than yeah like basically take what san francisco was doing and make it nationwide and that's you've got nutty that's nutty (laughs) Uh, so anyway, the number here, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. So if you want to see RT, you can still go to their website unless that's, unless you're in a country like, you know, in the, in uh, Europe where that's actually being prohibited by the internet service providers from what I understand. So you'd have to go on a, a, a virtual private network in order to access RT's website. But Odyssey, the streaming, uh, and the video platform that we are on over at watch.freetalklive.com. That takes you right to our live stream. Or video.freetalklive.com will take you to our Odyssey channel. If you go up and you type in RT into the search up there, then you will be able to find RT's channel. You'll be able to find their news packages that they've put together and even their live stream, which is getting harder and harder to do. As I was saying before, uh, they used to be on free-to-air satellite, which is where we have a channel. LRN.FM has an audio channel up there. RT was a mainstay for as long as I've known about free-to-air satellite. It's gone now. Wow. It's gone. Uh, I don't know if that was their decision to pull their channel or if the satellite company pulled it off on their own volition. I've never seen any reports about that, but the channel uh, is gone. So, so they- how would Odyssey work with that? How would uh, Could other countries shut down Odyssey in their, in their areas? They could, yeah. How do you they, think that would work? They haven't done that yet, but they could. They would basically do what the European Union did and, you know, just tell their uh, Internet service providers that you cannot allow your customers to go to this URL. Mm. Uh, you know, don't give them any ideas. I mean, I, I don't think they've done that yet, per se. But for right now, Odyssey is one of the few places on the planet where you can actually get the Russia, Russia Today content. But Odyssey funnels straight through to library blockchain right so Mm, yes and no so odyssey was built on library which for listeners that don't know is a media sharing protocol so protocol means it's uncensorable anyone can use it library is amazing people should check it out lbry.com to learn more about that technology and you can get involved in it 
Odyssey is kind of like a a pretty uh, cover for library. It's sort of front end, if you will, for library. But there's more to Odyssey than just library in the behind the scenes and the guts. Uh, Odyssey also uses what's called a content delivery network, which is a centralized server or a series of centralized servers. And the reason they do that is because they want to compete with YouTube and the fact is, if you have a video on library that only has one or two people seeding the video, it may not be very fast. Uh, it'll be there, but it might not come to your computer quickly. Um, so they want to make sure that anything that you click on is going to come fast. And so they do have their inventory, their videos cached mm. on a server. I wondered about that before because I heard that li- or, yeah, library works by people seeding each video. Mm-hmm. I wondered, like, are there some videos that just won't work if nobody's seeding them? But I guess that's what Odyssey fixes. Yeah, so technically Odyssey itself acts as a seed for libraries' content, with the exception of porn, which they don't want on on Odyssey. But again, if you want to upload a a porn video to uh, a library, no one can stop you. It is essentially a completely uncensorable protocol. But because Odyssey is a platform that's built on top of library, they can say yay or nay to to certain things. And Odyssey says yes to free speech generally. There are only a few categories that they don't want on their platform. Uh, so kudos to Odyssey for you know for being with it on this. They're making the right choice. So in other news out of uh, Russia, the mainstream media, the Western mainstream media is reporting on Putin's speech. He gave another speech recently. And like a lot of politicians, he tends to be uh, pretty verbose. I've read one of his speeches or looked over most of one of his speeches from a few weeks ago. And some of it was actually pretty interesting. I, I considered sharing it on the air, but I, I ended up choosing not to just because the whole thing was just too long. Um but uh, we got. I've got two perspectives here. We got the Western media perspective on the speech, and then RT's perspective on the speech. Uh, so here's what Yahoo News is reporting, and this is actually from Alexander Nazarian, the White House correspondent. There, the speech that Russian President Vladimir Putin made on Wednesday bore the hallmarks of unapologetic authoritarianism said Russian experts and observers. Quote, We are well post-1934, said Nina Khrushcheva, a professor of international relations at the New School in New York City, referencing the year when Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin began his murderous purge. Oh, I thought she was referencing the book, and I was like, yep, we are well past that here in America. Putin is an unabashed admirer of Stalin and has worked successfully in Russia to rehabilitate his image. I think they mean mean Stalin's image, which suffered for years after a posthumous denunciation in 1956 by Khrushchev's great-grandfather Nikita Khrushchev, the then-Soviet leader. In his unsettling remarks, Putin lashed out at national traitors he blamed for undermining the war he launched against Ukraine. We'll talk more about this, and this may tie in with your theory that Putin is a communist. So we'll hear more about that on the way. The number is 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Phones open. If you want to join the show, you can hear the number. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're going to compare some propaganda coming up here. Uh, and by the way, I did try to find the actual speech from Putin. And the Russian government website, the Kremlin site, is it's 
being blocked or it's not working or maybe it's being uh, DDoSed, as they call it, denial of service attacked. I've heard that those things are happening against Russian websites, so it's very difficult to get on. I did pull up a cache version on Google Cache, but I could not find a uh, an English translation of the speech that we're going to be talking about. So what we're going to do is going to share two perspectives the Western media perspective, and then the RT perspective on this speech. And you decide for yourself as far okay. as you know what the, the content was and what it means to you. But this is uh, from Yahoo News and Alexander Nazarian, their senior White House correspondent, saying that uh, some purported experts in the United States are saying that, uh, that Putin's speech sounded a lot like Stalin. In his unsettling remarks, Putin lashed out at quote-unquote national traitors he blamed for undermining the war that he launched against Ukraine. Olga Lautman, a senior fellow at the Center for European Policy Analysis, wrote on Twitter, quote, Putin really wants to take Russia back to Stalin days. He has always emulated Stalin, and this speech is definitely angrier and stronger than previous speeches, unquote. President Biden said Wednesday that Putin is a war criminal and that rhetoric the Russian leader used was strikingly similar to the language that authoritarians have developed to demonize, persecute, and kill ethnic minorities and political opposition groups. And of course, I love that they're positioning the Russian guy as the authoritarian and Joe Biden as this, you know, leader of the free, free world. world. The Come non-war on. criminal. Exactly. Even though he's been dropping bombs on, you know, various places in the Middle East, just like every president. Well, it was an accident when he killed those children in Afghanistan. Uh, Even as Western efforts at diplomacy continue, the Kremlin remains in the grip of profound geopolitical grievance, which could make peace a peace settlement difficult. Putin said true Russians would, quote, always be able to distinguish true patriots from scum and traitors. Unquote. Presumably a reference to Russians who have protested his invasion of Ukraine in Moscow and St. Petersburg. Thousands with the means to do so have left Russia, which is facing widespread cultural and economic isolation. Russia, according to Putin, said, quote, will simply spit them out like an insect in their mouth, spit them onto the pavement, unquote. He said of the Russian fifth columnists with Western sympathies. Mm. That's gross. American investor Bill Browder, who's become a nemesis of Putin after exposing corruption in the Kremlin, said on Twitter, quote, this is very, very scary. The language is unbelievable, unquote. Khrushcheva told Yahoo News, quote, this whole speech was pure Dr. Strangeglove, bodily fluids, purification and whatnot, she said. You haven't seen that movie, have you? I've not, no. I haven't That's either. like one of my favorite movies. You guys should, would we both love that it. movie. Referencing Stanley Kubrick's classic 1964 satire about nuclear war, uh, she said, Very Hollywood, it's only it's happening to us, not on screen, she wrote in an email. Putin clearly sees Russia as the victim, denouncing the economic blitzkrieg of Western sanctions in his remarks, a reference to Adolf Hitler's favorite uh, favored mode of sudden, overwhelming attack. Oh my god, people use the word blitzkrieg for all the time, and you could be like, oh, I got so many customers today, it was like a blitzkrieg. It, he, they just had to throw the word Adolf Hitler in there, which, I mean, obviously he is being authoritarian with the things he's saying, like, we're going to spit out people who aren't being true Russians because they're protesting what I'm doing. But it's just so obvious when they're trying to paint someone some certain way. Yeah, and they've been doing that for weeks now, trying to paint Putin as the new Hitler, 
when, of course, Putin is actually saying that he's the one going after the Nazis. Yes. And the reality, of course, is that there are Nazis in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and uh, they are in the Ukrainian Defense Force. They're called the Azov Battalion. And I just saw a photo today, and again, you never know what's true or not, but allegedly showing the Azov Battalion being given you know, weapons from NATO or from the, uh, the United States. So those... it's really weird, though, because there's so many Jewish people in Ukraine. Yeah, I don't know what the percentage of Jewish people is there, uh, whether it's high or not. The fact is there are a large number of, of Nazis that exist there and they've gotten themselves into positions of influence. So those people who are supporting giving billions of dollars to the Ukrainian government, I mean, ultimately, some of that's going to find the find its way into the hands of the Nazis. You would as, think. As are some of these weapons. Maybe they mean it in a different way than I'm interpreting it. Like maybe they just mean it as, oh, we're Ukrainian nationalists and not like anti-Jews specifically, like Adolf Hitler. I don't know. I mean, they do fly Nazi flags. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. My... And in reality, it, Vladimir Putin probably doesn't care if they're Nazis or not. Mm-hmm. It's just something it's that something he gets to, to put a pin in. You yeah. Know? Oh, look at the bad Nazis. That's who I'm going after. You know, it's, just, it's an excuse. So he said... Uh, let's see. Quote, I want to be as direct as possible. Hostile geopolitical designs lie, beca- lie behind the hypocritical talk and recent actions of the so-called collective West, said Putin, according to an English language. Oh, here's a transcript provided by the Kremlin. I will check that in a bit. Quote, they have no use, simply no use for a strong and sovereign Russia, and they will not forgive us for our independent policy or for standing up for our national interests, unquote. Putin has maintained he intends to or uh, in, needed to invade Ukraine to, quote, denazify and demilitarize, unquote, the country, but also fears that the Western sphere of influence is increasingly close to Russia's borders. The event Wednesday was billed by the Kremlin as a discussion between Putin and regional leaders about socioeconomic support. It was brief, a brief section of Putin's comments from his introduction, however, that caught the attention of social media users with millions having viewed a short clip in which he caustically pointed his finger at Russians who have grown rich during his tenure but are now abandoning the country as it becomes an international pariah. Quote, I do not in the least condemn those who have villas in Miami or in the French Riviera who cannot make do without foie gras, oysters, or gender freedom, as they call it. That is not the problem, not at all, Putin said, referencing the standard of living that Russians have enjoyed since he stabilized the economy after a chaotic period of unfettered capitalism in the 1990s. It's just so funny. Gender freedom, as they call it. It's called being gay, Putin. (laughs) He also played on long-standing Russian feelings of inferiority relative to the West, reminding supposedly disloyal critics of his Ukrainian campaign that they would never be allowed into, quote, the superior caste, the superior race, unquote, of Western society. The West, he suggested, sees Russians not as equals, but as expendable raw material to be exploited. The left, or the speech left, Lotman... That the speech left Lotman of the Center for European Policy Analysis stunned. Quote, everyone soon will be fifth columnists as Putin gets more enraged, she told Yahoo News. There will be a purge from his agencies, military, and everyday citizens. It was really a dark speech. You know, if you look at the people who are talking here, this lady sounds to me like a... Trotskyist, like a typical New York City leftist, leftist yeah. but not a Stalinist, a Trotskyist. The neocons are all Trotskyists, right? Now, what is a Trotskyist? A Trotskyist. So Trotsky was another Russian revolutionary at the same time as Stalin mm-hmm. and their ilk. 
they came to butt heads at one point. Stalin sought to have Trotsky killed. And did he? I think he eventually did end up finding him and getting him killed. But Trotskyism became very popular in New York City in the, in the mm. 30s and 40s as well. And Trotsky was here talking in those days, and uh, the neocon movement was founded. So he was a commie as well? Yes. So the neocons, I think, I think we're having a fight between neocons and Stalinist commies. We'll continue. It's Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want to discuss here. The number is 603-283-6160. And in the studio tonight, you've got Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. There's lots in the news that uh, we can talk about. We're in the middle of uh, comparing some propaganda here. We have the Western propaganda from Yahoo News uh, reporting on Vladimir Putin's recent speech that was given yesterday, apparently, as he met with regional heads to discuss measures of socioeconomic support and the uh, people that they spoke with which you believe Matt may be Trotskyite or Trotskyist supporters maybe from leftist universities they definitely do cite uh, somebody here from I forget which university in New York City NYU. new school new oh, school, the new school yeah. in New York City uh, and not that we're saying that Stalin was a great guy, but neither was this Trotsky character. Yeah, both garbage, right? Absolute trash. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know a whole lot about Trotsky. You knew a thing or two. I went and pulled up some information. Apparently, he was a Marxist uh, adherent, an mm-hmm. Orthodox Marxist, as he described yeah. himself. So he in the thirties, uh, maybe it was even earlier than that. But he went on a he went on a speaking tour. Basically, he was on the run from Russia. But while he was at it, he decided to do some speaking engagements, mm-hmm. and he. When he was in the United States, one of the things he tried to do, this is before the Cold War, really, so one of the things he tried to do was get into students' heads. So he went to NYU, which was a very open-thinking college in general. They would meet in this lunchroom, uh, this part of the lunchroom called Alcove 1, and there were a group of Stalinist commies who mm. would meet in Alcove 2, and they would have lunch and they would talk about commie things. And they were always at odds with each other because the Trotskyists didn't agree with the, the, the methods and the beliefs of the the Alcove 2 people, obviously. And uh, So they, what you're saying is the communists can't even agree on how to oh, do communism. Oh, they never do. They never do. They're always constantly, constantly in fighting in communism. They're, they, don't, they don't get along. That's why uh, they'll exterminate the other communists. Yes. They, right? they're always, and if you even look at just like the stuff you can see 
today in the news, they're always eating their own. Mm-hmm. They're always eating their own. It's nonstop, constant. There's no support between them. Um, and w- at the end of the day, what they really need to realize is communism is a failure because it's anti-human nature. Absolutely. And you are all individuals, whether you like it or not. You will be at odds with other people because you are an individual. And free market uh, trading and action is just like such a humanizing uh, thing to do with other people like you might not know anything about this country but then you find out they make rubber and you need rubber you got to trade with them and then it, you end up with people from your country marrying people from their country and it humanizes them and it's a it's a like you without that you can't be friends mm-hmm. you can't be friends with people you're who, saying free trade brings people together yeah you can't yeah. be friends with people who uh you're being stolen from in order to support them you know yeah where goods and services can't cross borders soldiers soldiers will, will. So let's go to this uh, other interpretation. So we read the Western interpretation of the Putin speech saying that it was Stalinesque. He's calling out, you know, going to exterminate his own people now. Right. That's what they're saying. Uh, Here's RT's report about it. Headline Putin on Ukraine and the West. Key takeaways from his latest speech. The collective West clinging on its crumbling dominance has been the ultimate driver of the crisis, said Russian president. He gave an extensive speech, which is why we're not going to read the whole thing, on the Ukrainian crisis Wednesday as he met with regional heads to discuss socioeconomic support to counter the wave of anti-Russian sanctions, much of which, as we've been reporting, is voluntary. A lot of the the quote-unquote sanctions that are going on are just mega corporations deciding to cut off business with the Russian people. Not not hurting the Russian oligarchs, not hurting Putin and his you know cronies, hey, regular people, but hurting regular people and you know making it so they can't eat McDonald's or rent an Airbnb or go on Netflix or grab a video game from Sony or Nintendo. That's what we're talking about here. But Putin provided his take on the ongoing conflict with Ukraine, its causes, and the goals Russia pursues. Launching the, quote, special military operation, unquote, was the only option Russia had left to end the years-long bloodshed in eastern Ukraine, said Putin. At the same time, limiting its scope to the breakaway Donbass republics would only push the front line westwards rather than defuse the situation, he noted. While waging the war against the breakaway regions of Donbass, Kiev has been preparing for a broad offensive to recapture them, said Putin. I don't know. I don't know if I buy that he couldn't have just stopped in the Donbass regions because if the Donbass regions were being bombed by Kiev because they wanted to become independent, I don't Mm -hmm. see why he couldn't have just went in there and helped them like he was claiming he was doing and then stopped there. Well, I think his claim is that he wanted to stop the bombings and the attacks from continuing against those regions. He couldn't have done it from there. He had to go into the, You the, have to yeah. find where they're launching the bombs from and, you know, stop them. So purportedly, if you believe the Russian side of things, they're only targeting military targets. And uh, I saw a, a propaganda video today which purported to show Russian troops addressing Ukrainian people in, in the streets, telling them, we're not here to harm you. Here's a, you know, you can get out of here this way. If you go that direction, our troops are there. You'll be safe. And, you know, just saying, look, we're not here to to attack the people. But then again, Western media is just claiming terrorizing them and the bringing them opposite. out of their homes. Yeah. Uh, while waging the war against the breakaway regions, again, they claim that Kiev was preparing for an offensive to recapture Donbass, adding that, quote, almost 14,000 civilians, including children, have been killed, unquote, in the conflict. 
Ukrainian authorities also sought to attack Crimea, which split from the country in 2014 and joined Russia via referendum. Quote, encouraged by the United States and other Western countries, Ukraine was purposefully preparing for a scenario of force, a massacre and an ethnic cleansing in Donbass. A massive onslaught on Donbass and later Crimea was just a matter of time. However, our armed forces have shattered these plans, Putin said. Ukrainian authorities have openly stated their goal to obtain weapons of mass destruction, namely nuclear bombs and means of their delivery, said uh, Putin. Given the extremely hostile attitude of Kiev, such systems would have been used to target Russia once they were ready. Putin also touched upon the Ukrainian biolab network allegations raised by the Russian military amid the offensive. Did you guys hear about these? Mm-mm. Yeah, I heard that supposedly there's bio labs in Ukraine that contain crazy types of like way worse than COVID-19. Oh, wait, are you talking about the ones that don't exist? Oh, wait, they do exist. Oh, please help us protect the bio labs. That don't yeah, exist. They that's what started the U.S. saying. They didn't even exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The U.S. people were saying that. Yeah. Yeah. The facilities scattered across the country have allegedly been engaged in biological weapons development with direct support of Washington. Hmm. The allegations backed by documents published by the Russian military have been met with varying degrees of denial from top U.S. officials. Putin said, quote, there was a network of dozens of laboratories in Ukraine where military biological programs were conducted under the guidance and with the financial support of the Pentagon, including experiments with coronavirus strains, anthrax, cholera, African swine fever and other deadly diseases. I saw botulism, which is one of the scariest things yeah, it is. You know, at times like these, I always trust top U.S. officials. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't trust anybody, including Putin, but it's interesting to hear the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. Putin added that now, quote, frantic attempts, unquote, are underway to conceal the, quote, traces of these secret programs, unquote. Over the past few years, under the close guidance of their Western handlers, the Kiev authorities have morphed Ukraine into the anti-Russia, Putin suggested. Now, remember, the allegations are that in 2014, it was the uh, CIA who went into uh, the Ukraine and put in their own people, put in, you know, a U.S.-friendly dictator. Which basically. is so hard to believe. Why would the CIA do something like that? They would never do anything. <laughs> That's a sovereign nation. Don't, our CIA would never get involved with their elections. Except yeah, we're, they do we're that in all there the to help democracy. Job. Yeah. Uh, the only goal of the incumbent Kiev quote, regime, unquote, is to drag the conflict on for as long as possible, with little regard to the fate of the civilians or destruction that ensues. Putin said, quote, we are seeing again and again that the Kiev regime for which its Western masters have set the task of creating an aggressive anti-Russia is indifferent to the fate of the people of Ukraine themselves. He said further, it's also obvious the Western handlers are simply pushing the Kiev authorities to continue the bloodshed. They are supplied with more and more weaponry batches. They are provided with intelligence. They also receive other assistance, including military advisors and mercenaries. We'll continue here. Your thoughts are welcome. In fact, Matt, you've got some interesting claims about those mercenaries coming up. Talk Live, phones open, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. We're sharing uh, some more excerpts from the Vladimir Putin speech yesterday. We gave you the Western perspective, suggesting he sounds like Stalin, suggesting he's going to start 
exterminating his own people next, calling him Hitler. Uh, whereas RT is taking out excerpts here that say that uh, the Ukraine situation is basically being put forward by the West, that the Ukrainian uh, government is essentially a puppet of the Western democracies uh, by the United States, NATO, etc., and they're just doing their bidding because, well, the CIA put them, them into place in 2014 in the first place. Now, he doesn't specifically mention the CIA, but he does say that the regime was put into place. And that's what we're sharing with you here. Uh, also, he references mercenaries, and I do want to talk about that, but we'll just finish this story here uh, before we get into what you've seen, Matt. And I think I saw the same video of a guy who apparently just went over there to join the fight. Yep. Uh, sound like an American based on the accent, and we'll say, uh, we'll kind of recap what he had to say about his experience so far. Uh, but again, the number here is 603-283-6160. So... Uh, both Ukrainian, this is from RT.com, Ukrainian authorities and the collective West have exhibited shocking cynicism, according to Putin, offering the ballistic missile strike on the center of Donetsk that occurred on Monday as an example of such behavior. The strike killed at least 20 civilians. Whose missile was it? Well, again, allegedly it was the Ukrainians attacking Donetsk with a missile strike in a population center. Now, once again, as I've said, when the Ukrainians are attacked in the nor- the non-eastern regions of Ukraine, I always say, well, is it the Ukrainians attacking their own people? How do we know who actually fired that missile? Right. And the same thing's true in Donetsk. Was it the Ukrainians who fired the missile or did the Russians? You know, who knows? Could be a total uh, third party trying to stir up uh, some snot. Could be. Quote, they are striking randomly at squares with the fervor of fanatics and the exasperation of the doomed. They are acting like the Nazis did when they tried to drag as many innocent victims as they could to their graves, said Putin, adding that Kiev had tried to blame the strike on Russia through, quote, blatant lies, unquote. The attitude of the so-called civilized world to the missile strike turned to be, quote, shocking in its extreme cynicism, unquote, as well. The president went on saying further, quote, the European and an American press did not even notice this tragedy in Donetsk as if nothing happened, just like they have been hypocritically looking the other way over the past eight years as mothers buried their children in Donbass, as elderly people were killed. This is simply moral degradation, complete dehumanization. Now, if that narrative is true. If it's true that the Donbass regions declared independence from Ukraine and subsequently have been bombed by the Ukrainian central government gang for the last several years, is that a justification to uh, have foreign military come in and, and support them with tanks and troops? I guess it would depend on what kind of deal the the Donbass region is making with a foreign country if they're making deals with them then i guess there would be some kind of agreement for protection ultimately the west's desire to maintain its global dominance is the root of the ongoing ukrainian turmoil as well as crises in other parts of the globe says putin quote today the entire planet has to pay the price for the ambitions of the west for its attempts by any means to maintain its crumbling dominance he said Concerned only with their vested interests and super profits, the Western elites led the world into the current situation through, quote, years of mistakes and short-sighted decisions, unquote. For instance, the impact of the anti-Russian sanctions imposed over the Ukrainian conflict is already being felt by common people in the West, 
while the elites have been bizarrely trying to blame it on Moscow, Putin noted. Wow. I mean, the Americans didn't say anything about that in their coverage of this. Nope. And he's not wrong. And his final quote here that they share at the RT story, quote, I want ordinary Western people to hear me as well. You are being persistently told that your current difficulties are the result of Russia's hostile actions and that you have to pay from your own pockets for the efforts to counter the alleged Russian threat all of that is a lie. He's not wrong. Mm. He's not wrong. And a lot of and times... How are the the average Western people going to hear this when... They're not. Then, you know, it's not being reported and yeah. they're being blocked. Great point. I RT mean, is. This is coming straight from RT, which, uh, as we discussed in the first hour, is completely blocked in most of the Western right. world, with the exception of the United States. But even here, again, direct TV has taken them off the air. They're no longer available on free-to-air satellite. And I presume if they were on any cable systems like Comcast or whatever, they're probably not anymore. Wow. I've not seen I've not seen news about which cable systems were carrying them and or not are not now in the United States. But you know, the the uh, the bandwagon effect is very real when it comes to cutting off all things Russia and all people from Russia. And I think that's really the saddest part about what's been happening here is Putin is a scumbag just like every other president and every other dictator and every other, you know, Congress and they're all bad. There's no doubt about it. But the Russian people are innocent. And now they can't even, you know, if you had a Russian YouTube channel, sorry. Yep. If you had that if you had that monetized and you were making a little bit of money as a Russian person, done. You cannot do that anymore. Now you got to go and get some crappy job at a you know a restaurant if there's any still open. That Nationalized by... McDonald's. Well, no, they didn't. <laughs> they chose not to do that. Uh, McDonald's is just simply closing their stores. You know what they were considering doing? They were considering getting rid of their uh, what are the laws called like copyright laws and just running mm-hmm. McDonald's anyway without the not copyright laws. It's something else. Trademarks. Tra- Trademarks. Trademark yeah. laws. I don't yeah. know if they are going to do that, but that would be the best way i mean everything's in place to do it the infrastructure is there the people who know how to do it are there but during war supply chains take a beating mm-hmm. so even if they wanted to could they war get those is burgers bad somewhere yeah yeah war is bad for people it's bad for economies which in turn is bad for people and everything and you know the pollution levels of war are insane i mean it's just it's horrible nobody should ever go to war there was a story actually about the uh, burger king's in Russia, apparently there's 800 stores in Russia and mm. they're a franchise, but Burger King also owns 15%. And Burger King is saying, well, you know, we'd shut them down if we could, but we don't have that in our contract, basically. So Burger King is unable to do what a lot of these other corporations were able to do, which mm. to me, I was amazed when I heard that uh, McDonald's was closing so many stores. I th- my first thought was, aren't a lot of these franchise? How can you just go ahead and, and tell a franchisee who right. has paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars every year or whatever a franchise fee costs? I know it's not cheap right. to uh, to start a franchise. I don't know if the ongoing fees are as high as the initial fee or whatever. I don't know how all that works, but it's it's not cheap, uh, you know, to just be able to have the corporation just walk away from you and say, oh, yeah, we're just going to close everything yeah. you just put all this money into. Mm-hmm. And it, unless every single McDonald's is is corporate. It would make me never want to do business with McDonald's on a on that kind of level. Yeah, again, as a, as a, a business owner, you mean as yeah, a definitely. franchisee? Yeah. Uh, so apparently, the uh, Burger King situation is that the a corporation cannot stop it, but apparently they're also going to stop supporting the franchisee. 
So does that mean that the franchisee now has to source their own meat? Because normally you go through the, the corporation right. to get your supplies. Mm-hmm. So what Maybe that? it'll be real meat. Well, I don't know if Burger King's not re- not real meat. I've never heard that. I've never heard that allegation. Well, about one them. time uh, <laughs> they were in trouble for selling horse meat. Not that that's not real meat, but hmm. it's just weird. Did it taste good? I don't know. <laughs> just FYI, <laughs> horse meat is delicious. <laughs> no. It is absolutely delicious. I hate oh saying goodness. that, but it's a fact. I've never had it, at least knowledgeable. Uh, uh, I have horse had ostrich. Steak is better than a cow steak. Wow. I've had an ostrich burger and it was really good. Ostrich is delicious yeah, too. Yeah. Ostrich is extremely lean. Less fat than chicken um skinless chicken breast. Mm, yeah, it was really good. Uh so we're gonna get into this mercenary story here as well because it's kind of an interesting aspect of this. Presumably people who have wanted to, who've felt the call that they want to go help the Ukrainian people have been showing up. You know, bringing their gun or bringing, mm-hmm. you know, whatever equipment that they have and been put to use. Yep. And there's, maybe there's, abuse. There's people showing up in Ukraine and Russia. I don't know. I haven't heard anything from the Russian side, but I know mm-hmm. that as recently as a couple weeks ago and right up until today, I've heard of people not too far removed from my actual circles. Some saying they're going to go, I'm going to Ukraine really? and other ones saying I'm going to Russia. You know, it's like, are you guys out of your minds? But the thing is, these are people who've been in wars, and war tourism is mm-hmm. a thing. And once you're programmed for war, sometimes it's hard to walk away from war. When you hear about one springing up, you just got to go. It's, well, like a, it's like an Almond Brothers concert. Once you've been to one, you got to keep going to other ones, you know? Yeah. My little brother that's in the Air Force was getting all, I have to go if they tell me I have to go, Bonnie, and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And my dad, I was complaining about it to my dad, and he was like, you just don't understand the culture. When you're in the military, everybody hypes each other up when there's going to be a war. And- Suckers. Yeah. We'll talk about these mercenaries uh, that went over there or volunteers or whatever you want to call them uh, coming up here in hour three. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. What happens when you decide you want to go volunteer for a foreign military, specifically Ukraine? got some interesting allegations on the way to share with you in the studio tonight. You've got Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. We're going to go first to your phone calls and thoughts, though. The number, if you want to join the show, is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And let's go to those phone calls and thoughts. We've got Sarah on the line in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yes, so the U.S. is threatening China with consequences uh, if they um, help Russia economically or militarily, and and they're not really saying exactly what they're going to do, but there's going to be punishment for China. Yeah, I don't even know what they could possibly do. I mean, it's one thing to tell Russians they can't have McDonald's anymore, but another thing to attack the largest supplier of products to the American economy, what are they going to do? Yeah, and also China can do something way uh, worse in retaliation. They're talking with their ally, uh, Russia, about creating a monetary system where they can accept um, the yuan Mm -hmm. for, where, you know, Saudi Arabia can accept the yuan for oil. 
So I mean, that would just Which destroy would the yeah. That would just destroy the dollar. Wait a minute, I thought I, I, I'm not Saudi Arabia. I thought that was American ally. So why are they going <laughs> to always have a money card that's going to trade with China? Um, but I know Syria is in the Russia's bag the, on their side. North Korea also, and, and Eritrea, Eritrea uh, out of Africa. They built for the attack. I believe it's called so I, I, urethra. I, I, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, it's urethra. Say it. Well, uh, Sarah, I don't know really if Saudi Arabia has ever been allies with the United States, but they had Xi uh, from China. Is that how you pronounce him? his name? Xi? Or I don't know. Xi? I don't know. But they had Xi him Jinping. come over. Xi Jinping. Okay, okay. They had him come over and uh, have a talk for the first time in a long, long time or ever or something. And uh, Russia and China are talking about uh, just stopping, you know, Russia's going to obviously, has already stopped selling oil to us, but then they're going to start buying or selling well, just their- to be clear, it was Biden who prohibited Russia from being able to be uh, to have Russian sell oil to the United mm. States. So it wasn't Russia that stopped selling oil to the U.S. It was Biden that stopped. So Russia is going to sell gold to China for the yuan, and Saudi Arabia is thinking about selling oil to China for the yuan, which mm. would make it the you know the yuan pet- petro yuan or whatever, and the dollar would just d- be destroyed. It certainly would well, hurt its position. Well, and then don't, and, and then you know, and then include Venezuela and Cuba. They're all going to come out under the works and join Saudi Arabia. And Iraq used to be um, sanctioned again. Well, Iraq was against um, U.S. and they were sanctioned. And so, my what I brought up before was that the transitory um, sanctions. Remember what I said is that if you trade with North Korea and if you trade with Russia now because they're sanctioned and if you trade with Cuba, then we're, you can't, all these countries will not trade with you. Canada and France and everything, mm-hmm. it's called transitory. So this is what I'm explaining. So they're going to punish China and any other country that trades with Russia because they want to, you know, um, took them out and, and make them start Well, good death, luck but... to them. I don't know what... Thank you for the call tonight, Sarah. I don't know what they could possibly do uh, to punish China. It's one of the most economically strong countries on the, uh, the, the face of the planet. They've got a ton of natural resources. But it's... let's be realistic. They are still using government-issued currencies yes, to establish their wealth. Those currencies are not the strongest currencies in the world. No I doubt. know. I was like, I wish that they would just decide instead of creating their own monetary system, which is just a headline I saw. I don't really know what mm-hmm. that what they mean by that. But I was like, why don't they just use Bitcoin and help everybody else out? Well, because the central banks of the world cannot abide. And China they hates can't, Bitcoin. Right. They cannot allow Bitcoin to become so important. Uh, so they're going to ignore cryptocurrency as a solution for as long as they possibly can. Ignoring their cancer will not cure them of their cancer. <laughs> yeah. uh, the the few governments of the world that actually are coming close to or actually embracing Bitcoin are making very wise moves. Now, I, again, as I said before, I don't support what El Salvador did as far as how they implemented the Bitcoin legal tender. Making it mandatory and things. Correct. But El Salvador is still making a really smart move because they don't have 
a fiat money system in El Salvador. The only fiat they have is the American dollar, and they're not married to it. It's just right. it's a convenience. Mm-hmm. That's all. Uh, and so, actually, the story you mentioned, Bonnie, I, I have here. It's from RT, and it's about the what you were talking about, Saudi Arabia now considering selling some oil to China in yuan instead of dollars, setting active talks between the countries. Such a move could further marginalize the petrodollar paradigm that has controlled global financial system for over half a century, placing the dollar's status as the international reserve currency at risk. Now, there has long been talk about this happening. But it's never actually moved forward. And now they're talking again. But now they're actually like meeting and having serious discussion about this. This isn't just the wild speculation of, you know, some gold bug or whatever in in the United States or some, you know, precious metals advocate or or whatever saying that the, the dollar hegemony is coming to an end. I mean, we Even all Even though believe, they've been right all along, too. Well, I mean, we all, I think I can speak for all of us, we all believe that that's going to happen mm-hmm. at some point. But the question is, what is going to kick off its ultimate decline? Now, it is. there's no doubt the value of the dollar is on a decline, but that's always been true since they got rid of uh, the backing of precious metals to the U.S. dollar. It's been going down ever since, and quite dramatically in recent years after the trillions of dollars they printed in the uh, the COVID situation. Right. So there's no doubt it's getting worse, but at the same time, so is every other central currency. Yep. So it's it's always a race to the bottom of the barrel in the case of fiat monies. So it really would take a move like this of major international co- uh, countries like China to stop using the dollar for oil payments. That's definitely a major hit to the status of the dollar if that actually happens. China buys over a quarter of the oil exported by Saudi Arabia, meaning that denominating those deals in yuan would significantly boost the international profile of the Chinese currency. Currently, 80% of global oil sales are transacted in dollars, with the Saudis trading exclusively in the U.S. currency since 1974, when Washington offered, and I don't know how you pronounce that capital, Riyadh, security guarantees in exchange for its loyalty to the petrodollar system. So would Saudi Arabia actually uh, cut loose from that particular agreement and then possibly risk the ire of the U.S. Pentagon coming after them in some way, shape, or form? Possible targeting by the CIA? I don't know. Hey, you know what would, would really obviate all these morons? The other day I sold somebody, like, I gave somebody a cup of coffee, and they're like, man, this is good coffee. I'm like, yeah, I love this coffee. I just bought a five-pound bag. Mm -hmm. And they said, would you mind offloading some of that? I'm like, yeah, sure. How much do you want? And they said, I'd like a pound. And I said, how would you like to make up to it? What Make up to me for it. And they said, do you take Monero? I said, sure, I'll sell you a pound of coffee for some Monero. Okay. And you know what they did? They gave me $15 worth of Monero, and I gave them a pound of coffee. Sweet. Everybody's happy. <laughs> and no one had to know about it until no, you told the radio yeah, audience. Yeah, tough. Yeah. <laughs> but but it worked really well, mm-hmm. and it was what I wanted, and it was what they wanted, and we didn't need government money in the middle of it anyway. And I, I'm just waiting to see all these dinosaurs go extinct, and I hope it happens in my lifetime. I want to watch it happen. That would be a gorgeous thing to see. I just love that about cryptocurrency. It's like you're, you're doing something with it, and you're like, wow. There was no waiting. There was no permission needed. It's just done. Seems too good to be true sometimes. 
We continue here. The number, if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. Coming up, more about the so-called mercenaries that are joining over in Ukraine. What's happening to them, allegedly? Uh, If you want to weigh in, you can. You can join the show here at 603-283-6160. And take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Phones are open if you want to join the show here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And you can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. We do have feeds for your podcast pleasure. We've got uh, various different feeds, including the full feed, which has the full shows and the digests and whatever else I want to put in there. And then there's also the episodes-only show, or the episodes-only feed, and then the digest-only feed. You can find all of those over at feeds.freetalklive.com. Drop one of them into your favorite podcast client, and you can uh, get the latest episodes of Free Talk Live as they are available directly without having to do anything else. It's pretty sweet. Feeds.freetalklive.com. We're going to your calls and thoughts. Mexico, where Janie is on the road. Janie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys, uh, my question tonight is uh, atheism and anarchism. So, uh, do you think that there's a cognitive dissonance, for example, to be an atheist who there's a status? They look at atheism very logically and can, uh, you know, fix parts. Unfortunately, yeah. your, your phone's even atheism, worse now right. than uh, than it was when I screened the call. I, I wish that it had gotten better. But well, it's I think I worse. got what he said. I think he said, "Do you think there's a cognitive dis- dissonance between someone who's an atheist?" And a statist? Yes, I believe that is what... Uh, is that what you said, Janie? Yep, yep, that's correct. Okay, great. We're going to try our best to answer that here and appreciate the call tonight. Unfortunately, not a good connection from whatever cell phone yeah, provider in I Mexico. Get, I get what he's saying Thanks for the uh, call. because the state is a religion. Yeah, 100%. Yes, and many atheists have absolutely no idea about mm. that. They are right. completely... Uh, ignorant to the religious aspects of the state and completely unaware of how they are worshiping the state. There are many atheists that can completely see how organized religion is full of it in so many different ways, they're but they're totally ignorant of the state. Committing all their faith to a higher power that they believe in. Mm-hmm. There's no difference whatsoever. Yep. I hope that answers the question. Let's go to Richard in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Richard. Yes, I'd like to see the United States disband the United Nations in New York City. We're paying the bulk of the expense to keeping the uh, United Nations in New York City. And there's other countries that aren't uh, paying their fair share. China. North Korea and Russia, they're one of five nations that has basically preferred status to veto different uh, countries' gripes. Don't you think, Richard, that the United States should just simply get out of the United Nations? Yeah, that's where I thought I was going to begin with. But Not just kick them out of New York City, but just leave the organization entirely? 
Well, that would be a good idea, too, because I've been in quite a few countries in the world, and a lot of times in the last 60 years, we're, we're supporting a bunch of nations, and they're not paying their national debt to us back. I know we owe trillions of dollars in national debt, most of it's to China, too, but I just like to see. Well, I just like to say I don't owe anyone uh, zero dollars any, any debt. Just because some politicians say something about what they want to do doesn't obligate me to their decisions. But thank you, Richard, for your call here tonight. Yeah, you know, as far as I when I hear about national debt, I think it's not really national debt; it's the Federal Reserve Bank's debt. It's a it's in a result of their bad business decisions, and that's a private bank. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the, if the Federal Reserve wants to go out of business or file for bankruptcy or I don't know how they would do that, but who cares? It doesn't make a difference because it's not my debt. It's when you say it's the debt. Federal Reserve's debt, isn't it the United States federal government gang's debt and the Federal Reserve helps them create it? Sure. Okay, fine. But they made a bad business decision in making that partnership. It's not uh, has nothing to do with me. Well, I mean, the Federal Reserve has made a great business decision. They can print money from thin air right. and send, you know, give it to these politicians who then have to pay it back at interest. Mm-hmm. Seems like it's a pretty good deal for uh, for the Federal Reserve. Sure, but it's there if they if they can't get paid back, then it's you know it's a bet was a but bad they didn't investment. make anything in the first place. It's all just fantasy money. It is so like it's no skin off their back. Mm-hmm. Like if if tomorrow everything shuts down if the federal government completely goes away and the federal reserve never gets paid back again well they all made a ton of money yeah, the yeah. whole time it's not like they're going to go home and have to pay off the debt themselves right. or anything like that so it's it's really they're no, not going to miss a meal yeah there's no loss for them they got themselves a golden parachute they'll mm-hmm. probably take whatever gold's left in fort knox and uh you know make a parachute out of it and literally uh float home happy if they didn't already yeah i mean again there's probably no gold left in, right. in fort knox <laughs> a long time ago but yeah, they're they're going to be just fine yeah. if uh, if and when the U.S. government implodes. If but uh, that said, I just don't think the debt. I don't think their business debt falls onto the citizenry. No, it's, that's no. a business they screwed up. It and it and it shouldn't. Uh, but unfortunately, people are under this uh, this mistaken belief that they are the state that that we are part of the government, and nothing could be further from the, from the yes, truth. I'm not. I'm not those guys. I've met them. They're not good people. I wouldn't hang out with them. They don't want anything to do with us, and I certainly don't want anything to do with them. You've met who? The government guys. Oh, just government guys in general? Sure, yeah. Yeah, you can't trust them. I met Federal Reserve guys. No, there was one uh, named after, I wouldn't say named after me, but sharing a a, a family name with me. Hmm. Interestingly, Hmm. that one... Who works for the Federal Reserve? He was a Federal Reserve president. Wow. Hmm. He was the president, I think, of Philadelphia. Huh. But he uh, he was known as a, st- a staunch contrarian. He was like <laughs> the only Federal Reserve president ever thought of as a contrarian. His name is Stephen Roach. <laughs> U.S. President Joe Biden didn't help matters by declaring during his 2020 campaign that the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, a.k.a. MBS, should be considered a pariah for his alleged role in the killing of uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Remember the journalist that got murdered heard about uh, that. that guy accusing the crown prince of that said only violated his human not only violated his human rights but hurt his feelings and now that very same crown prince is apparently involved in those talks between china 
and Saudi Arabia about starting to accept the Chinese yuan for oil payments. Hmm. So they, uh, you know, if Joe Biden has kept his had kept his mouth shut about it, then maybe uh, those conversations wouldn't have happened. But all politics is personal on some level, and it will be very interesting to see if this pans out in anything. If if uh, China will start to make oil payments again, they're saying here that. According to the numbers, China is a huge customer of Saudi Arabia with a, a huge chunk of the amount of oil that Saudi is uh, sending out going going to China a quarter uh, over a quarter of the oil exported by Saudi Arabia. So we'll see if that uh, we'll see if that pans out. Of course, if you want to weigh in here, you can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Uh, again, RT.com reporting here that the U.S. history of grandstanding animosity toward many of the top oil-producing states from Venezuela to Iran to Russia has now left it with little space to maneuver as commodity prices and inflation continue climbing with no end in sight. So you can join us and bring up whatever's on your mind. Coming up, the people that have decided to voluntarily join the military in Ukraine. What are some of them saying? We'll talk about it on the way on Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. The phones are open here if you want to join the show. You can. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. Matt. And Bonnie. Coming up in just about three months, it's going to be time for ForkFest again. ForkFest, the decentralized libertarian camping festival that happens here in New Hampshire, in the beautiful White Mountains at Rogers Campground. This year, you can mark your calendar for June 27th through July 3rd and join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians to hang out with people for a week in a beautiful location with cool people from the freedom-loving places here in New Hampshire and celebrate Independence Day as well. Now, it's decentralized, which means there's no ticket cost. So all you need to do to attend is simply reserve your campsite, your RV site, or your motel room with Rogers Campground from June 27th through July 3rd. Now, if you are a doer, then you'll probably want to be a part of this. If you're somebody who uh, wants to create a thing for other people to do or to participate in, that's definitely what we need at ForkFest. So if you like to cook and you think people are going to be hungry, then you should probably cook and you might make a few bucks uh, doing that. Yeah, because I can do that and I have done it and you make money doing it and it's great. But then I get lazy and I don't do it one year and, you know, People don't uh, eat as well as they do when I'm not there. So if you think that you have something to offer mm-hmm. at ForkFest, come and offer it at ForkFest. It's great when people kick in like that. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to do karaoke. Time. Right on. So she's committing to that, which is uh, is pretty cool. I don't think that's been done yet at ForkFest unless it happened this last year. And I obviously I wasn't there, so I don't know. Not that you know everything that happens at, at ForkFest. Karaoke scares me, so I've... I've... <laughs> 
Uh, there's also, you know, you want to have a poker game, bring a poker table, bring some chips, bring some cards. You know, you got to supply the things to do because there's no central committee who makes decisions about what is and what is not at ForkFest. It's really up to you. Now, if you want to communicate with others who are going to be attending, there are some useful chat rooms and uh, there's a forum. All of this is unofficial. You can link to those things over at ForkFest.Party. You'll find them in the top menu there. ForkFest.Party to learn more. And again, it's June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual ForkFest at ForkFest.Party. All right, so Matt, you uh, came across a video that I believe I saw the same thing today. Mm-hmm. Some people are claiming, oh, it's fake. Now the, the war tourists? Yeah, so this guy sounded very American, and he was saying basically that he had gone down there to volunteer for the Ukrainian Defense Force, right? Yeah, they're, they're foreign legionnaires, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, people are, are coming from all over the world. There's British people going to Ukraine to fight. There's... There's people going to both sides to fight. Everybody's got a dog in the fight. And when you've had 20 straight years of warfare and you've got an entire generation of people who only understand fighting and they've all been in it for a long time and then you take them out of it, well, they want to get back in it. A lot of them want to get back in it. They miss the life. They don't know. They don't. They they've had a hard time readjusting to life outside of a war zone. And when you throw a war party, they want to go they to the war show party. <laughs> so they grab their kit and their armor and whatever else they can they fight can the new Hitler and they can fight the bad guys, mm-hmm. right? And so they rush off to who, fight whoever they think the bad guys are. But sometimes there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world, like. Or in the situation like, you know, Ukraine wants to be a part of NATO. Uh, so what's the best way to, you know, tug at some heartstrings of the populace to get NATO in there? Well, maybe they should have Russia kill a whole bunch of Americans or have Russia kill a whole bunch of English. So they'll take these guys and they'll shove them right to the front lines mm. as lightly armored as possible oh. and say, there you go, guys, go fight the war. And some of these guys are getting up to the front line saying, whoa, uh, they've taken all my kit from me. I'm up here with like a gun with five rounds in it, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to fight their war for them. Using So they're being used as pincushions, basically, for the Russians. And uh, from what you see on that video, he's talking about how uh, just a whole, a whole troop of uh, British were wiped out at the next base over from them. And it's really not that hard for me to believe, not that hard for me to believe. And there's people trying to get out of it. And the Ukrainians are telling them, if you turn on us, if you turn and try to leave this front, we're going to shoot you in the back. They want them at the front, which makes a lot of sense politically. Yeah. So it turns out he thought he was going to go over and join the good guys, yep. quote unquote. And guess what? It's pawn. Uh, they're no good guys in the you know global catastrophes and conflicts like yep. this and turns out the Ukrainians, right yeah. the, the uh, ukrainian gang is just as bad as uh, as any other gang and when one of the things he was saying in this video was if you try to escape they will stop you at the border tear they're, up your passport yeah, they're cutting their passports in half and send you back into the country so that you cannot get out yep. if that's what you want to do he says you have to know people who know people, and then they'll like smuggle you out somehow yeah. through whatever system. He said but, people are getting out in ambulances; they're being yeah. driven to the border in ambulances, and like you know, 
it's all cloak and dagger just to leave the country once you get in there. But like, yeah, he made it clear that things were not what he thought it was going to be. And he also mentioned the the very sparse amount of ammunition that they were handing yeah. out, if you could even get a gun, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah, if was, you could get one. Right. Well, what are you doing at the front lines without a gun? Just dying, apparently. Dying? That's sad. That's scary. It's not sad. It's great. Not Sorry, wait. Did my opinion just come out? <laughs> So, you know, I, I have this, I, I'm a Darwinist and I think mm-hmm. that the stupid should die. And if you're going to, if you're going to play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Do you want to go uh, work for a government? You're going to be a yeah. you know, human pincushion, right? I, I, I'm Bullet all catcher. for it. Please. But I'm just saying like, where's even the the theater and that they're not even pretending to be killing you at that point? Like, Well, they don't need to have video. To make a claim that all oh, the uh, Russians killed the American troops yeah, on the front line, American troops were bombed by mm-hmm. the Russian airplane. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's sto- it, all they care about is the public. It's the publicity of it. They can say the Russians attacked Americans, and then Joe Biden can say, "Well, we're going in there." You know, mm-hmm. you know. Next yeah. thing you know, you got you got war profiteers, and it all blows up, and then you have nukes, and we're all in trouble because these fools had too much testosterone, too little brains. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the American news media clamoring for uh, for a war, like no. for an actual, like starting a real war? Oh, yeah, involved? yeah, 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 of course. I mean, the, the, I thought you were asking if I've seen a documentary called No, that, no, so. there's like footage yeah. everywhere of them asking the Biden uh, spokesperson, mm-hmm. Jen Psaki or whatever, to, you know, why aren't you doing this and that? Yep. Why don't you create a no-fly zone mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. Ukraine, which yep. would result in it being violated in a Russian, you know, jet being shot down? and then that would be an act of war and yep. then they would get more ratings basically and they haven't gone for it quite yet the uh you know to biden's credit they have not yet actually you know committed to any kind of direct involvement in right. this uh, in this conflict but we can honestly say cold war's back on mm-hmm. and yeah. at this you know i grew up in the middle of the cold war and I, rem- I remember the cold war and i remember the the fall of the berlin wall it was great and the, mm-hmm. the vibe and the energy surrounding that that happening wouldn't it be great if the u.s government fell this time during this cold war man can please can we just like all can we all just manifest that so hard (laughs) and and i and i and i'm not and that's not good enough for me we're going to ham on this manifestation we're taking down the u.s government and the chinese government and the russian government government. can we just like can we just like take them all down do they need to exist they don't uh, they're high, it's high past time for them to go away. It's, it's so we archaic. We don't need them. Government uh, is an archaic institution that's completely unnecessary and yeah. even bad. They're Not criminal enterprises. It's bad. They're criminal enterprises. They're murderers. They're killers. They destroy lives. They destroy business. And, and they're just unnecessary. Them. Like yeah. We have cryptocurrency. We don't need their uh, fake money, funny sure money. Don't. They, they just aren't helping anybody. Who was it that said uh, something to the effect of, I'm going to mess up the quote here, but something to the effect of... Uh, there's there's no evidence that hardship would cease to exist if governments cease to exist. But if governments go on, it's a guarantee the hardships will absolutely exist. I've not heard that quote, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's because governments force wealth out of people and return nothing. And they just take it uh, like a big tick. The number is 603-283-6160. And I don't think anyone would argue that we need ticks. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, 
phones are open if you want to join us here in the remaining moments. We have time for you. The number is 603-283-6160. Tonight, you've got Ian, Matt, and Bonnie. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there for you. And that, by the way, includes our chat server. It's a matrix server, which means it's open source. It means it's self-hosted. That means we run the thing. So there's no big tech mega corporation that's involved at all. You can go and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners around the clock over at chat.freetalklive.com. That's actually where you go to get the step-by-step instructions for how to join the server at chat.freetalklive.com. We're going to go to your calls and thoughts. Rudy is first up listening in Arizona to K-Talks. Go ahead, Rudy. Hi, guys. Uh, the other guy in the studio said that he had he thought that Ukraine had been at war for 20 years. I'm kind of curious what he means by that. No, 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 no. The United States has been at war for 20 years. Oh, yeah. The United States sure. has produced an entire generation, literally an entire generation, 20 years' worth of human beings who are used More to the one. idea that war is normal. More than one generation. Really. More than one generation, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But uh, just in the Middle East, last 20 years straight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you guys heard about Wally, W-A-L-I, the Canadian uh, retired sharpshooter, a sniper, sniper, that no. he went to Ukraine. This guy's got it over 2,000 meter kill. It took 10 seconds for the bullet to get there. Think about that. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I know I'm familiar with the shot. I don't know who fired it though. You're saying this guy oh, no, uh, no. got that shot in Ukraine or prior to going to no, Ukraine? He got in Afghanistan. No, okay. Uh, he was a member of the team that this guy got the longest shot, two thousand two hundred and forty meters. Yeah, it's insane. It's it over a mile. So, I mean, do we know anything about his experience in Ukraine, or were you just bringing up that he went there? Oh, uh, yeah. He, uh, I think he's First Nation. Uh, he, uh, he saw what was happening in Ukraine and. He uh, told his wife, baby, I got to go. And she goes, I know. Just go. He's good. He went there to uh, help the people of Ukraine defend their freedom. But there's really wasn't freedom to defend in Ukraine. So he's really just helping the Ukrainian government. Hmm? Isn't that when the Russians invaded the country? Isn't that an attack on? Well, just because the Russians invaded didn't mean the Ukrainian people were free prior to that. I mean, it's it's always in the media presented as Uh-oh. though, you know, oh, one side's the freedom side and the other side's not. If I recall correctly, we looked at the uh, Economic Freedom of the World Index and Russia actually ranked higher on uh, on freedom, in, in at least in, in economic freedom, than the Ukraine country did. Or Ukraine did so. I mean, if anything, Russia's got more freedom than uh, than Ukraine. Yeah, but they they're the ones that invaded. Well, did they? uh, Well, didn't the U.S. go into Ukraine in 2014 and install a shadow government? It's not like those people voted for those people. No, that didn't happen. No, no, no. No. Well, Uh, what happened then in 2014? You talking about the Maidan? it's really complicated. Uh, I'm sure it I is. Do, but we don't have enough time. But uh, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? So you don't think uh, the CIA had anything to do with the coup that transpired in, in 2014? Oh. No? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but I know that uh, mm-hmm. you know there were people that were influencing what was going on there. Mm-hmm. But you had said something about Ukraine wanting to join NATO. They can't. No one can join NATO if there's ever a dispute on the border, on the border of the country. Mm-hmm. So as long as Russia took Crimea over, 
Ukraine could never get into NATO. What about the Donbass uh, regions of Ukraine that ostensibly voted for independence from Ukraine back in 2014? Uh, do you believe that those regions have been attacked by the government in Kiev? I think that Putin is a madman. That's what I think. But no, the guy that doesn't in, answer the question. But the guy in Kiev is is what? totally sane. Oh, you mean the president? Yeah. I I think he's a. Uh, I think he's got a big job on his hands. He, he's a. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I know that. Okay, you don't know what's going us, on. If they attacked us, we would fight back, wouldn't we? If they attacked us, when if you any, say anyone, they, you mean the Russian anyone, government? Anyone. So sure, you, I think you, a you, lot of Americans right. would be willing to defend their own home and their own neighbors and, and friends and family if they were actually attacked. I think that's that's true. Yeah. I think the question is, why did this whole thing start? Because I think that the Western media wants to paint it as Russia had no reason to go into Ukraine and they just went in there because they hate freedom. And they're and the Ukrainians are like, whoa, why is this happening? We love freedom and, and we want our freedom back. And I just don't think that's really how it's not that black and white. And the idea of people from Canada leaving their wives and going and fighting for either one of these Governments is really sad to me, not heroic. And um, yeah, wars destroy families and lives. People should be with their kids and grandkids and wives and not going and um, helping other governments hurt other governments and, and their people. It's just, I don't know. How about the Russian soldiers? A lot of them don't yeah. um, want to be doing this. And they said that, I remember Did there was s- a quote where they were saying, we don't know who to shoot. They all look like us. So, I mean, it's it's even a travesty that some of them are being told to go there. But, I mean, if you sign up for, you know, it's like play stupid games, win stupid prizes. They signed up for the military, so. If you believe in the government and you are in the military, you're with the government. You guys really don't like governments at all. I just heard you say that. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. why would you yeah. like a government? I mean, they're sickos. Mobs. Uh, maybe because for, uh, I don't know, what, 20,000 years, mankind has figured out that we need somebody to be in charge. Well, maybe it's time we don't have a revolution and instead we have an evolution. Well, why don't you, if you need somebody to tell you how to live, you should hire somebody to tell you how to live. I mean, some people probably do it for free. Uh, you probably don't even saying, have to pay them. I'm saying that that's, this is how mankind has worked it out. This is what we've got. No, that's not how mankind worked it out. Mankind has been ruled by a bunch of despots for thousands of years under the threat of violence, and they are too afraid to actually stand up and do anything about it because the despots run the schools, they indoctrinate people, and they have them constantly under the threat of violence, and you think that that's okay? Well, that's why the American representative democracy was the first democracy since ancient Greece. We're the ones that started this self-government thing. This still, isn't self-government. Still didn't work because sure we're still not self-governed. Self-government is autonomy. Not. Self-government is the ability to make your own decisions for yourself without having some well, psychopath not by, not by, uh, throw not a gun a in your face. I wouldn't say the way that the Romans had their uh, government was ideal or what I want to live under either. And I don't think people who were alive 200 years ago can decide how I should live my life. Well, uh, we're not under a monarchy. We're not under a... A, a I don't care what we're under. I don't want to be under anybody. I don't want to be under a republic. Mm-hmm. Why should anybody Everybody be able to it. tell me what to do, Rudy? I know, Ian, you've, uh, <laughs> you've always had a problem with uh, authority. I, it, it shows. Authority is a, a total fan fantasy concept. There's no such thing. 
If are are, are human beings created equal, or are some people uh, more equal than others? Uh, all I know is that enjoy your minority status in the world. He, he doesn't want to. Answer. You don't want to answer the question. Are do you believe that yeah, some human know. beings are, are are better than others by birth? What a foolish question! No, I believe. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you're better than Hitler. I know that. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good so point. so you're saying that human beings are born equal. So then, where does authority come from if we're all born equal? All men are created equal. Everybody's here because two people made love, right? Mm hmm. And right? authority has nothing to do with love. It, in fact, is the opposite of that. Uh, so, how is it that if you believe in authority, you said you do, how is it that it is created? If we are all equal at birth, how does that happen? I don't know if I said I believe in authority. There is, a, oh. there is something, there's a pecking order, right? That, I mean, there, that's authority. Well, you're just talking about violence. Yeah, you're literally just talking about violence. Uh, no. Anybody, and whoever whoever can get away with threatening someone else is going to be the leader. Thanks for the call tonight, Rudy. I appreciate it. I told Dave Ridley I'd get him on here uh, in the remaining moments. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Yeah, so one of the things that's striking about this current sort of nuclear crisis is that it's, it's basically worse than the Cuban Missile Crisis, but people are not really doing much to get ready for it. I mean, some preppers are, but... We lose them. So uh, the uh, one simple thing that you can do uh, is just there's a free book that uh, was published by it's called sort of the, considered the Bible of nuclear war knowledge. If you want to know what it's actually like to have a nuclear war, mm. the Bible of nuclear war is called the, it's called nuclear war survival skills. It was written in the 80s and has never really been improved on, unfortunately, very much. Uh, Did- but it has been. You know, it has been proven to be true over over the years. It's, it's been examined by many people. And, and what were you going to say, Bonnie? I was going to say, how did the guy who wrote this get that knowledge? Did he like live through nuclear war or something? There's never been. I one. mean, a nuclear bomb. There has been. With the exception bomb. of uh, the bombs against uh, Japan. Hiroshima. Yeah. Right. Uh, his name is Preston Tierney. He died a few years ago. Uh, but you can get the book for free. Just Google nuclear war survival skills, and that will correct many of the myths. It will give you some hope. All right, very good. Scare you. Hope sounds yeah. good right now. Thank you, Ridley, for the call tonight. It's Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. 